You want to book as much acting work as you can, as often as you can. We get that. The thing is, you don't book acting work by focusing on booking acting work. The industry is more dynamic than that. The art is more interesting than that. By taking you inside the craft, the casting room, and the business, and bringing other industry experts into the conversation, we dig in. We pull back the curtain of the industry and show you how much power you really have as an artist. Here's the truth. When you bring your humanity to the work and the industry, you become an artistic leader, the kind of actor who books work. Even after decades of working with actors all over the world, in our classes at the BGB studio, teaching, coaching, casting, directing, producing, acting, on set, on stage, behind the camera and in front, nothing excites us more than seeing you express your unique artistic voice, humanize the business, and book work doing it. We're here on the podcast in our online classes at the BGB studio to give you all the tools you need to be a championship level working actor right now in an industry that desperately needs your voice and your leadership. Yeah, industry and artistry. This is the only place you're gonna hear this. I'm Risa. And I'm Steve. And this is the acting podcast from the BGB studio. We are thrilled and moved by the response to the podcast. We love reaching actors all over the world, actors like you, who tell us that our podcast inspires them, informs them, and makes them excited and proud to be an actor. Yeah, but make no mistake, an acting career is won by being in the consistent practice of the work, week after week, month after month, year after year. Success for an actor is in the doing. So here at the BGB studio, we offer the highest quality acting training for passionate, committed, talented, and ambitious actors. We see that kind of work transform talent into successful careers, and that makes us so happy. There is no substitute for doing the work consistently, and we offer the work of success. We are the home of your 10,000 hours. We offer ongoing and eight-week on-camera auditions, scene study, and workout classes. They're available now. So sign up now to secure your spot and get to work. Go to bramangarciabraun.com slash classes or click the link for classes in the podcast show notes. We'll see you in class. Welcome, everybody, to Season 2 of The Acting Podcast. This episode was recorded earlier in the year, pre-COVID, and we're excited to finally share it with you. We find the conversation in this episode to be relevant, vital, and inspiring, now, in fact, more than ever. Keep listening and enjoy. Today, we're talking to an impressive group of creators, actor, writer, producer, director, entrepreneurs. There's so much to say about each of them, but we will tell you just a little about them here and then dive into the conversation. First off, Will McCormick. Will McCormick is a writer, producer, director, and actor. As a writer, Will was nominated for an Independent Spirit Award for Celeste and Jesse Forever, co-written with his writing partner, Rashida Jones. Other writing credits include Toy Story 4 and A to Z on NBC. He's currently adapting Neil Shusterman's novel, Challenger Deep for Disney+, and co-writing the script, The War and Treaty, with Academy Award nominee Craig Borton. Will and his producing partner, Rashida, produced the hit show Claws on TNT, now going into its fourth season. They also produced Kevin Can Fuck Himself, a new series coming to AMC this year. As an actor, he has appeared in dozens of films and TV shows, including The Sopranos and Brothers and Sisters, just to name a couple. He recently completed the animated short film, If Anything Happens, I Love You, which he co-wrote and co-directed with fellow BGB actor Michael Govier. 
Gracie Mercedes is a Latinx actress, writer, and director from New York. She began her career at MTV Networks as a producer before moving to L.A. Recently, she was a writer on the first season of the NBC Network show Perfect Harmony. Past writing credits include Egg Day, also her directorial debut, which screened at the L.A. Shorts International Film Festival, the Atlanta Film Festival, and several others. Gracie is on the executive board of Gumption Pictures, a new micro-studio that cultivates fresh storytelling from diverse creators. She has been a lifestyle blogger and influencer for over eight years, and in that time has garnered an impressive social media following. Her acting credits include 911 on Fox, Good Trouble on Freeform, and The Affair and Masters of Sex on Showtime, just to name a few. Bria Grant is a writer, director, and actress. She started her career on television shows like Heroes and Dexter and features like Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. In 2013, she directed, co-wrote, and co-starred in the feature Best Friends Forever. In the past year, she's directed another feature, 12-Hour Shift, starring Angela Bettis and David Arquette, written and starred in the feature film Lucky, and directed an episode of the CW show Pandora and the Netflix series Eastsiders, which she also wrote and acted in. Milena Govich is a director, actor, singer, and musician who has most recently served as co-executive producer and producing director for Dick Wolf's CBS series FBI. She has also directed Chicago Fire, multiple episodes of Chicago Med, and the new NBC series, The In-Between. Her short film and TV series, Proof of Concept Unspeakable, had its world premiere at South by Southwest and won Best Episodic at Seattle's International Film Festival. As an actor, she starred on Broadway singing, dancing, and playing the violin in the Sam Mendes' Rob Marshall revival of Cabaret at Studio 54, among others. She has acted in nearly 100 episodes of television, notably on Finding Carter on MTV, Rescue Me on FX, and as the first and only female detective on the award-winning series Law & Order. So thank you, all of you, for being here. It's part of our podcast, the acting podcast. So the value of making work, creating work, being an, an artistic leader, getting out there and making stuff happen is, as you, you know, is a big part of our mandate, or not mandate, it's our philosophy, our values here at the studio. And so you've all done that in your careers, and some of you more recently than others, but we want to talk about that and what that's looked like for you guys, what your journey has been. So just to get started, what we'd love to do is just have you go around the room and say your name, is first name's fine, um, and two things. One is the moment when you realized you had to do something to change <laughs> things, right? And secondly, what was the moment when you realized, oh, I've done, I've done something, I've taken action, and it's actually paid off? And it could be like years ago, it could be yesterday. So whatever comes to mind. Uh, Gracie, start with you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Gracie Mercedes. I think the first time I realized I wanted to do something was actually because of Steve in class constantly telling us to make our own work. And um, I was in class with um, Clayton Ferris, and I had 
stumbled upon his Instagram and Vine at the time and saw that he was doing all these like short form, really fun videos. And I always wanted to do something like that. So I approached him first with an idea and he had also been thinking about a similar idea. Um, it was called My White Boyfriend and it was about interracial dating. His sister is married to a black man and I'm married to a white man. So <laughs> we both had experience with it or um, knew about that world. And so together we started making fun little videos and that was kind of the first time I did that. Like just, we wrote them together, we directed them together, we were in them together, we shot them ourselves. It was very much just the two of us doing it. And they're funny and great. I knew I recognized you from somewhere. And I've seen them, they are, they're really great. Oh, thank you, yeah. thank you. So that was kind of the, um, the first thing that led to more things and led to doing my own short. Um, but more recently, I think about a year ago, when I finally wrote a pilot, an idea I had for a while, and I actually just was like, all right, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna write it. I took six, six weeks to write it, um, I was working with someone, got notes, rewrote it, and that kind of led to a Pandora's box of work, agents, and where I'm at now, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Mm. How does that make you feel? Really good. <laughs> it's like still, it's so new, so it's very like, um, like fresh and surreal still. Like I'm just like, oh my God. But it's funny, you guys recently posted a meme about how overnight success takes 10 to 15 years of hard work. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm entering year 11 of like, I've really been working at this forever, but in the last couple of years, I've really kind of take ownership of what I wanted to do and, and how I can do that. And so things are happening quickly now, but really there's been this you know, lead up of 10 years of, of working hard and figuring things out. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about you, Will? Hey, I'm Will McCormick. Um, the first part of the question is when I knew that I wanted to make a change in my career. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the second part? And when was the moment where you realized you had actually done that? Oh, two-parter. I love it. Um, <laughs> or anything have, else you want to my, say. My answer's so intense. <laughs> Good. We like intense. <laughs> Why? Um, I, I, I was an actor professionally for 15 years and was very serious about acting. You know, um, lived in New York in my 20s and wore like a beret and uh, a leather jacket and an Allen Iverson jersey and chain smoked and was only into doing like downtown theater for like a decade. People are nodding here. Yeah, so yeah. Those yeah. Are I'm just wondering if we dated or I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> I was obsessed with acting and um, I had always wanted to be a writer. When I was little, I wrote, and uh, I sort of caved from the pressure at age eight. I won a poetry competition in my town. And I remember just buckling and caving from the pressure and having people tell me, like, you should be a writer, you should be a writer. And I did plays in college and really, like, um, you know, acting and, and being a part of the theater community really saved my life. Like, it was like, it wasn't something I thought, like, oh, this would be fun to do. It really was like I was having trouble being, like, on planet Earth. And I found the theater and I found plays and I felt like, oh my God, I had all these big emotions and I always felt ashamed of them. And then I got to be in um, plays and be a part of storytelling and I felt like more alive in plays and more connected to myself than I did in life. And I thought, oh my God, I, I can do this. I can, like, be a part of Earth, you know? And then, of course, like the thing that saved me nearly killed me. Like I sort of like became a professional mm -hmm. and like my career devolved and I sort of got eaten by Hollywood. And um, like I fully bottomed out on drugs and alcohol, you know, and had wow. like a horrible, horrible, 
uh, bottom, which was like sort of like my comeuppance as a screenwriter. I like uh, I quit drinking and doing drugs and had always secretly wanted to be a screenwriter. And part of my sobriety was uh, uh, writing that I wrote every single day. And I thought I'm going to write every single day until. Uh, I sell something. So that was the moment I knew I wanted my career to change. And then I became a producer and now I'm a director. But my life, my whole life shifted around sobriety. And um, uh, I sold uh, uh, a movie uh, and it got into Sundance and got like a good review in the New York Times. And then I sold a pilot to Showtime. And all of a sudden I had like a, a writing career. And um, everything sort of changed for me in that moment. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That was intense. It was intense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. Great. That's but it's just, been. It was. It it's was, life. It was, it yeah. Was, it was total surrender to something that, um, and it felt like grace. You know, it was. Um, and the shift also happened for me, sort of like, you know, you you go around walking around thinking like you need them, and the truth is they need you, mm-hmm. because what you're bringing is your truth and like your life and that they don't without you they don't what are they telling they're telling stories right we have the stories and we have the power and that that felt like a fundamental shift yes i had a script to buy i had a script that people wanted to purchase but it also felt like a part of me and it felt like authentic to who i was at the time and it felt like oh you it was a shift where like you need me i I don't really need you so that was empowering Mm. that's huge and that's yeah. huge for everybody listening and for all of us to keep remembering mm-hmm. how much value that we have as uh, humans and artists to this industry and that we have a lot to offer and people do need to hear that and, and receive that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Bria Grant. Um, I, I think, so I have a weird acting experience. I kind of, I moved to LA and within like, two, two and a half years, I was I was recurring on a TV show. I was very lucky. And I um, went from that to another TV show. I was on Heroes for a while. And um, basically, that was like three years into LA, which is the most fortunate thing that could ever possibly happen. <laughs> and it was great for me because I realized during that time, this is my like moment where I need to like realize that I need to do something else. I was... Um, sort of at like the like peak achievement of what I could get at that point. I wasn't a series regular, but I was recurring, and I was super bored. And I <laughs> had this moment where I was like, I have to do something else, because I'm like doing the thing that I tried to do, and now I've achieved this thing, and it's not like completely satisfying to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was when I started writing. I started writing comic books at that time, because I'm a big comic book reader, and I sort of kept going. I'm still writing comic books, but that got me starting writing comic books and then led me to writing screenplays which led me to, led me to directing my first film. Yeah, what was the moment when you realized you had actually achieved that? You, you, you... I'm still waiting um, to achieve that thing. <laughs> but um, I will say I had a good moment a couple years ago. So, I mean, that was 10 years ago when I started doing all of this stuff. And then two or three years ago, I had, I had the same manager for eight years in LA. Um, and two or three years ago, he dropped me. And it was, and he was just threatening me for acting, and it was really devastating. It did not feel like my manager dropped me. It felt like my dad had dropped me. It felt like, you know what I mean? Like it was so <laughs> devastating. And I was like, okay, like figure this out. What am I gonna do? And within like a week or two, I got all these meetings. Not as a 30-something-year-old actress, because there's not that many roles for us. And even though I had like a great resume, 
less people were interested in me for that. But once, but I had directed a movie that went to Slam Dance. I had had pilots that got into program, various programs. I had done shorts and I wrote comic books. And because of that, that was interesting to people. And I think that was a nice moment of going like, because the industry loves to tell you like you have nothing to offer. Like mm-hmm. they feel like we start to feel like we have very little to offer. I was like, oh, I do have this thing to offer, offer that I've been working on for years but I hadn't realized how valuable it was because I also had been with a team that didn't appreciate it or didn't want to read it or didn't, you know, give two craps that, like, I was doing movies and stuff. So that was, a, I mean, like, a real negative time, but it ended up, like, being a positive thing where I was like, oh, I can lean into this and be super happy um, and feel like I have something to offer the world. Yeah. Great. Hi, I'm Elena Govich. Similar to Will, I started my career in New York. Um, I was further uptown than you were. <laughs> uh, I, I uh, moved to New York right after college to sing and dance on Broadway, and I did that for quite a long time and loved it. And I, I was an understudy for a lot of the main roles on Broadway. It was a period of time where there were a lot of celebrities getting hired to play roles, and I was very good at going on in a ball buster role at a moment's notice. And, um, I got, much like you, I was frustrated with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a time where I wanted to be the one, you know, doing the role. I was doing it half the time anyway. Like, why can't you just give it to me? So um, I took a big chance and started turning down shows that wanted me to understudy because I said, you know, I want to be a a real actor. I don't want to just be the, the standby. And that was a scary thing to do, but it paid off. I started getting roles and moved eventually into film and television and uh, did a lot of television work as an actor for 15 years. And um, the moment where I knew that I needed to make a big change and start taking ownership of my own creativity was I was um, in the third season of a series regular gig and I was sitting on set while we were setting up and I realized that I was spending half of my energy every day just trying to keep my mouth shut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I had a lot of opinions about things, <laughs> about where the camera should go, what the other actors should be doing, what this blocking should be, like that lighting is this or that. And um, I just, I was like, well, you know, maybe it's time to step up and start doing that stuff as well. So. I didn't assume that I already knew everything. I took that as the moment in time where I said, I'm going to get trained as a director because I, I want to do these things and I have a lot to say. And, and another thing I discovered within that process is that the thing that was really missing for me in an acting career was leadership. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I was always very much a leader in my community, in my school, in my activities. Uh, one of my friends I grew up with, she said, you know, I never actually invited anybody to a party at my house. I just told you. <laughs> and all of a sudden, there was a big party. I was like, yeah. So I needed, I needed to make a really big change. So I took two years off of acting. I stopped auditioning. I basically booked out. Um, ended up parting ways with my agents because they were like, wait, what's happening? Um, but I made... Uh, I made some short films that I produced. My husband is a brilliant writer, David Cornu, and he wrote them. It's very convenient to be married Mm. to an (laughs) award-winning writer. (laughs) Um, But we produced them together, and I directed, and we raised us all the money, and it was so terrifying and so gratifying Mm -hmm. to to know that all these 
other skills and these other interests of mine that had been somewhat dormant in an acting job where you're serving someone else's vision constantly, that they were there and um, I loved using them and it's it spurred me on. Um, I've now, talking about the moment where you realized you've achieved something, I've now managed to um, make my living as a director for the last two years and have directed all over the place and got to live back in New York for six months this year, which was really, really fun working on a show. Um, so yeah, it's been a, it's, it's been a worthwhile journey for me. Wow. Um, one thing I want to drill down on as much as these, these are amazing stories. Um, and I think one of the things that, uh, the actors in particular who are listening to this, who feel disempowered for various reasons, some of which you touched on here, um, what they may need to hear uh, are those moments of the proverbial rock bottom, because what you described here in this moving from A to B to C um, doesn't necessarily, I think, uh, really articulate the the death that was required, the, mm -hmm. the unbelievable letting go, um, the the letting go of, of nothing short of an identity of who am I. I had this thing that I pursued that I would have given my left arm for. I pursued it. And then at a certain point, I had to let that go to allow myself to be something else. And I can't imagine what uh, those moments were like for you. Um, and so maybe let's articulate those moments, if we can, <laughs> of, holy shit, I am letting go of some things. Even we talk about you know, letting go of the agent or being let go by the agent. Uh, I mean, that's, that can be an earth-shattering situation in the interest of making room for something else that you don't know what it'll be, whether it'll pay off. What is uh, um, what is the effect on your emotional and physical <laughs> life uh, in order to make this stuff happen? I have a really funny story about that. Um, we just bought a house uh, in Burbank, and I was in the middle of this transition, and I I was tr debating on whether or not to really dive in and do this, and you know, put all your chips on the table and turn your back on acting. And um, so I decided to sheetrock the garage. <laughs> That's literally what I did. I threw myself into this project with all this heavy material and I was working. It took me about three days. And I just, that's all I did for three days. I was sweating, and by the time I finished, I walked into the kitchen and burst into tears and told my husband, I have to do this. <laughs> wow, so what was it during that process? What was that incubation? What was that death and birth? It was me processing, it was, it, there was grief involved, for mm -hmm. sure, processing of like, my identity has been as, as an actor for so many years. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, since I was singing and dancing, since I could walk, like this is not yeah. just, a job this is an identity and like are you really gonna walk away from that into this unknown where there's nobody there in this moment I thought there's nobody there to help me I have to do it all myself I have to do everything myself I have to find the the resources I have to find the people I have to raise the money and who do I know that has camera equipment like oh my god and it just because you're thinking of it in this global way it feels um, it, it, it feels overwhelming and so that was what that process was with me and the, the drills. And, <laughs> and is, is it the case that each of you has gotten to a place, maybe we'll come back to Gracie, where you couldn't do anything but? Or, because look, I know, because when I pursued an acting career, I probably sat on my ass for 12 of the 20 years or whatever, mm. uh, and probably should have done some of this stuff, didn't have the capacity or whatever. Um, I was uh, committed on some level to being a struggling actor. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big idea. I, I mean, committed to that. Mm -hmm. you know, like, that's what I was like, but I was in it, you know? 
and I think a lot of actors are like that. So is it just that your tolerance is at a certain place? I mean, and Willie <laughs> talked about hitting the actual rock bottom where you can't do anything but move towards Grace. Mm -hmm. um, what is that for you, Gracie? Um, well, for me, I feel like I have a d very different experience than everyone else at this table because I started acting so late. Like, I always wanted to be an actor, but very much had this, like, first-generational guilt that I put on myself. Like, you can't be an actor. You have to go to college. You have to have a different job. You have to have, like, a real job kind of thing. And so I went to school for, well, I thought business and then journalism, all while doing plays in New York. I'm from New York. And... Then I ended up in production, and I thought I wanted to be a reporter, all these things, until finally, I was like 27 when I moved to LA to be an actor, which for a lot of people, especially women, they're like, no, your career, your career would be over at 30, what are you doing? <laughs> and so I really didn't start getting into class and really pursuing this until I was 30, which is crazy. <laughs> when I tell the story, people are like, what? Um, and so I never actually had that experience yet to be on a show or to have like the dream agent or do anything any of those things and so I was just kind of focusing on learning like being in class here being in class anywhere I could um, making my own stuff and then what changed within the last year was because I was focusing on things like my white boyfriend I did a, a short film that I directed and co-wrote and acted in um, I started writing all of a sudden things started coming to me it was very surreal and crazy but I ended up getting on a show as a staff writer because this woman I know because of this production company that I'm on the board of, again, trying to do other things outside of acting, heard that I was writing, her show got picked up, she said, Will you, would you want to um, submit for this? And I thought, yeah, sure, there's no way I'm getting this job. Like, mm -hmm. this is the first pilot I've ever written, it's not a comedy, this is for a half hour comedy on NBC. She took my pilot, I love it, we met, great, just meet these people great met these people and then I got offered a job <laughs> and so I was a staff writer on the show called Perfect Harmony it's still airing it just came out it was the most magical amazing experience before I got on the show I fired my agent at the time because that was not working <laughs> uh, so I used your acting agent my acting agent got it and so I used that you know excuse of I want to be a writer now <laughs> and got rid of her um, and then was just like okay I'm a writer now and I was afraid I was afraid of letting go because it did feel like oh so you're not an actor now and especially being on the show everyone's saying oh so you're not going to audition now right you're not going to so you're not an actor oh you're a writer now and me being like no I'm not a writer now I'm an actor and a writer or I'm an actor writer director and and having to like deal with that identity but then cut to like the show a week before the show ended um Literally, an agent at CAA reached out to me because she was covering Perfect Harmony, saw my name, Googled me, saw Egg Day, saw my white boyfriend. <laughs> um, long story short, I'm now represented by CAA for acting. Um, hopefully, when all this WGA stuff will be over, <laughs> they can write me for, for, for writing. Um, and then I got this amazing, amazing manager at Three Arts because of the writing. She also represents actors. And so literally, because I took this leap, to take a show as a writer, I now have like dream representation in this thing that I also want to do, which but is you, acting. You told me I'm so glad I took this job. Yeah. Is there a world <laughs> in which you might not have? I was no, I, <laughs> yeah, kind of because I was like, so I, I literally had the thought, so I'm not gonna audition for six months, which is ridiculous. <laughs> and so I, 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 I did struggle with like 
feeling like I was giving up on something right. by taking this job. Does giving up mean quitting? And yes. is that part of the experience here? Like, I guess, am I walking away from yes, this thing? Or, like or and from your identity. I am no longer an actor because I'm doing this other thing. Or? Well, also, it's and it's very much like a... I think it's among actors you feel that particularly when oh, you're well. like talking to other actors and you're like, I'm gonna go write on this show or do this thing, and they're like, Oh, you're you're quitting acting, mm-hmm. and there's like, I don't want to say there's judgment, there <laughs> but, <is>. there's, <laughs> but there's a bit of like, you know, because we're, we're all like unfortunately somehow in competition with each other, and I do think there is this weird weirdness with other actors in particular. I think the industry has gotten a little bit more understanding about it, like. When I directed my first movie, it was eight years ago, and my manager was an acting guy, and he was like, why are you directing a movie? Didn't care. Went to Slamdance. Didn't care. No one cared, because they were like, well, you're an actor or you're a director. Which yeah. one are you? And I was like, I guess I'm an actor, because I make more money that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the industry now care like is cooler with you being a multi-hyphenate. I think actors are still coming around to it in some ways, in a weird way. I will say that when I met with these people who are now my quote-unquote team, like that's something they kept saying. Mm-hmm. They're really excited now about multi-hyphenates. Yes. They want to be able to make money off of you <laughs> doing all of these things. So it's like, you can direct this, and then you can act in this, and then you can write this, or mm-hmm. be writing the whole time and selling while you're writing. or at, you know, It's just, I, I do think it's changing, mm-hmm. and I do think, but I do agree that I think actors are not necessarily And I there. think for a lot of actors who are not where you guys are or had not reached that um, garage moment <laughs> that you had, Malena, you know, uh, the catharsis and the breaking through is that they don't see the possibility. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to define yourself as an actor, who are they? Or if right. you're going to leave this and do other things for their own self-definition, mm-hmm. they need to get clarity. So mm-hmm. are you going to do that? Because it, it's hard for people to see that possibility. Um often if they're not where you guys have been through. Well, you know, did it feel to you like you were walking away from acting when you gave yourself to writing or writing every day? My answer's so intense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we know that now. We know that now. Yeah. It was such a dramatic breakup. <laughs> like, it was so dramatic, the breakup. It was, I, like, like, I talked about grace before. There was also acrimony, and there was so much fuck you to acting. I was yeah. like, I, I feel that too. I, no, no, I, I mean, I, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, I was like, I, I just sold a pilot to Showtime. Like, I don't, don't tell me where to stand. Like, yeah. I, don't, where, yeah. where, I don't tell me where, where's, I don't care where the mark is. Like, it was so, so my, my trajectory as an actor too was like, I, I did off Broadway theater and then I did some films and then I got some pilots and then I got a pilot that went and then I came down the other side of the hill which was like then I was recurring and then I was doing an episode then I was on shows I didn't watch and then you know it was like maybe it would have gone back up but you know for me I realized that like and it was so hard for me to let go of this thing because I had really truly built my entire life around it like it was my dream to like be, you know, I wanted to be Harry Dean Stanton or David Strathairn. There was all these people, and I thought that like, you know, if I walked away, that I could never come back. And if I could go back, and I can't, I would have left the door open a little bit because acting gave me everything. Like, you know, my wife's an actor, my best friend's an actor, my sister's an actor. I, if I'm a good writer, it's because I am an actor. Mm-hmm. If I'm a good director, it's because. I am an actor. If I'm a good producer, it's because I'm an actor. It's the foundation of my entire career. And so for me, I walked away from it in such a hardcore, hardcore way, which I, maybe I needed to at the time. But to be back and just working with actors and be back in, in, in that spirit of that sort of like, 
You know, because when I'm home writing, I don't get that visceral experience of being with people. And um, it's something that I miss and that I long for. And that really gave me my career. So I have so much gratitude for it. But yes, it is great. But the truth is, if you're out there and you're thinking like, well, if I walk away from it, you're not. It will only turnstile you back into acting. And the truth is, because you're an actor, you already have... Like, when I got scripts as a as an actor when I was younger, I thought, no one's read this out loud. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, who read this? Yeah. Like, some guy wrote this in his apartment, and no one's read this. Like, And so when I was writing with my friends, we were literally getting scenes up all day long, and then we'd be typing them. Like, So there was something about it that felt... Even if they weren't great, they felt lived in. They felt like they'd been read out loud. So, like, you have gifts as an actor that you must explore. And if you don't, I don't know who you are. Like, if you're Jennifer Lawrence or Colin Farrell, Leonardo DiCaprio, great. But, like, it's harder to be those people than it is to do anything. Like, that's a one in a million. Like, mm -hmm. for me, I also just didn't want to go home. <laughs> like, I wanted to find a way to be a part of storytelling and make it in the business. For me, it was, like, survive in advance. Like, I just wanted to keep going, you know? And I'm glad I did. Mm -hmm. What's so interesting is what mm -hmm. we're hearing here is, like, these external compartments that we have in front of us when we grow up and we read the biographies or whatever and we say, I want that. And it, but it's all compartmentalized. And so uh, what I'm hearing, I think, is this journey of like finding the compartment, oh, I can't be contained here, let's find another one, let's find another one. And then the resolution is the integration of all this and acceptance of each of you as an artist in all the different forms that that comes up, yeah. which is uh, exciting. But maybe you want to speak to this is like, what is maybe not right now, because right now you have this hyper focus on directing and producing, which is amazing. But like in the span of a longer career in terms of decades, what's that integration for you? How do you even or do you identify? Uh, and then how is that expressed, that integration of all the things? Well, the, the identification is the trickiest part because that's all about ego, right? It's like, who, who am I? Well, I'm right. on this show. Oh, like, that's do? actually not yeah, yeah. who you are. Right. That's your job. Right. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's letting go of the label that you put on yourself. At least that's how it was for me. And um, as I got deeper and deeper into the directing and producing world, I recognized that all the skills I developed as an actor are put to use every moment of every day. Huh. Um, when I sit at the monitors, I am in a scene with my actors. Mm -hmm. I am sitting there as if I am their scene partner. And that's how I give them adjustments. I'm, I'm letting, letting them affect me, and I'm feeling things that's the same exact muscles I use in an acting class or in an, in an acting job. Um, but now I get to tell people what I think about it <laughs> instead of just biting my tongue. Um, but so when people will say, well, do you miss acting? Because I, I haven't done any, well, I've, I've managed to do a feature every year, even since I've been directing just with friends calling up, Hey, come do, would you come do a couple of days or a day here and there, which has been super fun. But I, I tell them I'm still doing it all the time. And frankly, as, um, as more sensitive people that actors tend to be, I've found that much of my crew and much of my teams on set are really appreciative of having a sensitive leader because a big part of what I do is people management as well, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. And if you are sensitive to the needs of the people around you, you just become a better leader, I've found. Sure. Yeah. But and I would say, and tell me if I'm wrong on this, 
you're not just that. Like, I think part of the sensitivity comes in the context of, I'm going to fucking sheetrock this thing right now. So, <laughs> so like, that, that notion that's of, right, let's, let, right. we're going to get this done. Yeah, some muscular sensensitivity. But we're going to get it done with kindness. But we're going to get it done, which yeah. is, and, I think, and, and I've seen you operate on your feet, and I know that leadership is there. Yeah, yeah. But it, but once you get people to pay attention and organize, then you can soften yes, and, right. and allow them to be and that's feel right. that. And that's, a, that's, that's, that's special. But it's so wonderful that you speak to that as the being an actor and how that serves you how does that serve you when you're in your comic book writing in your filmmaking in the genre that you've inhabited all yeah. that uh, yeah i was listening to you going, mm-hmm. uh, because <laughs> i it's a similar thing when especially when it comes to directing is that i feel like i have my superpowers that i come from acting like that is such a skill set like I, a lot of directors i know that i talk to they're scared of actors which is crazy mm-hmm. um like i just want to talk to actors <laughs> and talk to them about what they're going through in their process and like hey this is looking like this and is this how you're feeling and like you know things along like that exactly what you said where i have like a lot of um empathy for them and Also, I love cooperation, um, which I think is a very much an acting thing. Like, if you're an actor, you have to be very good at coming in and doing someone else's vision and cooperating with them and working with them and bringing your own thing to it. And especially, like, in television, I've only done two episodes of television but uh, as a director, but I have found that, like, coming in and, like, exercising someone's vision, the, the acting is, like, the number one thing I relied on when I started working in television. Like, I learned so much. I just brought all my acting skills mm-hmm. along with really good overheads. And other than that, I feel like I was ready to go. <laughs> yeah, <you're done>. yeah. <laughs> um, so but, yeah, I, I think that, like, as a writer, I definitely come at it from, like, from a character standpoint, which you learn through acting for 10, however many years, 40, 40 billion years, it seems like you guys have been doing it. <laughs> Um, 40 billion years. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, you bring all that stuff. And I think that's the thing that actors will underestimate because I've talked to other actors and they're like, well, I couldn't do that because I don't understand, like... Like, the most basic things are like, where's the line? You know, like, the line on the camera. Or where, like, I don't know what this... I don't know what a grip does. And I'm like, you'll learn that in one sentence. Um, Everything else you already have. You already have this skill set that you can bring to writing and directing. Mm -hmm. Gracie, what's that... um that integration for you. I know you've written something for yourself that you directed and starred in. Mm. Is that the ultimate integration of all of this stuff? <laughs> uh, sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, the the pilot that is now being taken out, I would be a, an actor in it, a part of it, but I wouldn't be like the main person in it. And I did that purposefully because I know how this business works and I, <laughs> want, I want the highest um, probability of being able to be in something I wrote. But I, I, I actually think going back to what you guys were saying, um, as an actor in a writer's room, I didn't know what the protocol was going to be. And so day one, the showrunner went around and had everyone kind of talk about their experience, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> no, I've never been in a writer's room. I've never been a writer's assistant. And I just kind of talked about the other things I've done, leaving acting out, and the showrunner, who is a friend, she, she like, called me out and was like, but Gracie's underestimating her. She was also an actress for 10 years and a producer, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, fuck, now they're going to know I'm an actor. Now they're going to look at me like an actor, because I thought... That's mm. going to be a bad thing. Mm. This room full of writers are going to like underestimate me. And it ended up being great. One, because that was a really, um, I think, unique, special writer's room full of amazing people. But two, they also would come to me and say, Gracie, what do you think as an actor? What do you? And I could give, like, I think, a different perspective of mm-hmm. how maybe our actors would 
respond or be in a certain role or position. And then on set, I think, because similarly, I think a lot of the writers are scared of the actors. <laughs> um, uh, similarly, I was kind of the one who was buddy-buddy with all that, with, with our cast, just because they also knew that I was an actor, and so we had this, like, familiar, I don't know, not even that, it was more like, I was one of them. To them, I was one of them, and then to the writers, I was also one of them. So it was in this weird, like, in-between thing where I can kind of connect the two worlds. And that was really fun and exciting and felt like, oh, okay, I belong here. And, and being an actor is actually a benefit and not something I should try to hide from the writer's room. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead, also, I will just say, uh, having been to thousands of auditions and now, like, on both sides of the camera, you know, running around town and pitching TV shows as a writer, as a producer, having... Mm -hmm. bombed in so many rooms (laughs) for years really makes going into pitch TV shows like fun. (laughs) You know, because you have this idea. I'm going to second that. I I have way more fun in my meetings now than I ever did as an actor. Yeah, and they are, and you're so comfortable being in rooms as an actor that I think, and a a lot of writers who just write don't have that experience. So I think you have like maybe a leg up on people who haven't been in all of those rooms because it's really, it's, Kind of fun. Why? Why is it different though than, than being an actor? In those what? In the, yeah. Oh, why is your experience better yeah, pitching? Than it no, is. I'm saying being having acted. I think going into pitch TV shows or films gives you a little bit more um, courage mm-hmm. because you've been to so many rooms. You're in rhythm. Right. So I think if you've been to mm-hmm. a thousand, you think you've been to a dozen auditions a year, and then you go to write pitch TV show. A lot of people who go into pitch TV shows, they've just. That's their one or two pitches for the year. And as an actor, you've been in so many rooms and you're comfortable with people and you want to get in, you want to roll up your sleeves and you want to dig in and and get into story, you know? And you're a storyteller by nature because as an actor, you are personifying that. And I mean, I know so many writers who are terrified of it because they don't know how to talk to people Mm -hmm. and they medicate to go to pitches. (laughs) (laughs) And they say, if if only I knew, you know, how to do this, which Mm -hmm. is another side business mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's so fascinating I want to add funny. to that real quick that um, another thing is that uh, to to inspire actors to go and create their own stuff and to move forward with your own stuff is that I have found one of the reasons why I have so much fun in these meetings now is because people really want to know who I am mm-hmm. and why I'm the one telling this story or why I'm the person that they should hire on their TV show. How do I personally connect to it? So much time as an actor, you come into audition, and the only time you have in that room is with someone else's words. Mm-hmm. Rarely do we have a, look, oh, where are you from? What's your deal? Who, who are you as a person? It's often you just skate right by that. That's, that's two sentences mm-hmm. of your time in the room, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have found great joy in... Um, booking work and um, promoting my own work because it's about me, about who I am as a person and why I'm an artist. Um, I, I am, I'm hired for my brain much more than I ever was as an actor. There's a lot of times and every, every show, every movie, every play is different. You know, sometimes they're just looking for people to come in and look a certain way and say the words and stand on the mark. And while that's um, interesting for a time, it just wasn't enough. For me and mm. um, so so actors I, I want I want you to hear this as well there's there's another element there and um, you have a lot to offer mm-hmm. I totally am with you there there's this experience the Q&A experience is always hard for me 
after a film. So I do a lot of indie films as an actor. And you always go to these festivals, and there's like the Q&A experience. And you go up at the front, and the audience asks you questions. And they ask the filmmaker all these really interesting questions. And if you're the actor, at the end, they're like, how'd you get this role? And you're like, I auditioned. And that's the whole, and that's it. That's the whole Q&A experience. And I flew to Chicago for it. Um, and But when, as, an, as a filmmaker, or as a writer, or director, anything like that, I get to go up there and I'm like, I have so many things to say and people have questions for me. And there's something about that that is so much more satisfying and I can even focus on that at the hardest times of making a film. I'm like, at least the Q&A won't suck. And like, I know, I know the Q&A, I will have something to say, yeah. which makes me feel like I've contributed so much more. Yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily true. I think maybe it's my personality, maybe yours as well, but I, I need to have that. Yeah. Mm. If each of you uh, were to be offered a network show, an, an intense network show, as a as an actor, sixteen hour days, five days a week. Um, would you take it? Boy, and that... it meant that you couldn't do some of the other things that and, and, and flex some of the muscles you've been flexing now, and the agency that you feel now. How much? <laughs> for six years. Yeah. For six years. Yeah. I would, <laughs> because yeah. I want that more than anything. I want that experience. I do feel like as an actor, you you have this idea of what it is to be on a show and you maybe get on that show and you're like, oh, this is not what I expected or this is great and I want to do this for the rest of my life. And not having that experience yet, I'm not willing to like, quote unquote, give up on acting until I have experienced everything I can in that world. And also being on the other side has been so, like I feel like now I have a superpower as an actor because of the writing job. Mm -hmm. Because I was on a show for six months, I now realize that no one knows what they're doing. Everyone's <laughs> trying to figure mm -hmm. this out. From the top executives at the network to the staff writer and the writer's assistants, we're all trying to make a good show. We're all trying to figure it out together. And it just takes away, it's like pulling the curtain of Oz. Like you're just like, mm -hmm. oh, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, this is not as like high and mighty as I thought it was. It kind of makes everyone on one playing field. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited to like go back to auditioning and now have this superpower where I'm like, oh yeah, I know you're just trying to figure this out. This is yeah. what I'm trying yeah, to figure sure. this out. Yeah. No, that's hugely valid. Yeah, yeah. 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 Think, to get to experience that. Yeah. Really understand that in your bones. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Well, ultimately the question is, can you, can you go back now? Now that yeah. you've uh, seen the promised land. Is it an offer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not driving. No. You, go, you have to audition? <laughs> I have you're driving the Fox How many times? Um, pass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's, I, I went on one audition last year. I'm not bragging, you guys. <laughs> but a friend of mine had written the pilot. I, I worked with the cast director who cast me before. It was in Studio City, not far from my house. It I all went. Makes sense. And it was so convenient, and it was shooting in LA. I have a son, and I didn't want to leave town. And, um, and it was like a unicorn, the part. But it would have to be something that was perfect for my life right now because I'm just so invested in films and in other aspects of my career. But I'm open to it. If my, a friend called me to work on their show or movie, I would definitely do it. Yes, we're doing something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and that's fun. But I don't know if I could, like... I just am out of that right. hustle. So, so different here than the 23-year-old Will that would have, again, like, sawed off the left arm to get on a TV series. <laughs> Literally every single... I would cancel trips for yeah. auditions, yeah. breakups. Yeah. I mean, it was... it was. I held on to it too tightly, right. you know? Well, that's it was the just... Thing. It meant yeah. everything to yeah. me. And, you know, I, and now I think it's like, by all means, you know study 
and get better and evolve and grow. But also sometimes becoming um, a better actor is just becoming a fuller, more compassionate, more exciting, more interesting yeah, person. person. Mm-hmm. Like you don't maybe need to stay up all night long like my 23-year-old self learning your lines. Like take a nap, go med- meditate, like watch mm-hmm. a great film, like be a fuller, more interesting person, take dominion over your career because you know, the other way is just so hard, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just and it's a dead end. Right. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll run out of gas, you know. So what do you say to the actor who may be listening to this, or actor, a lot of actors we all know, who says, you guys, like, how do you do this? Because I just don't know where to begin. These, you sounds like you're all, you're all coming to it in, in the same way in some respects, but in different ways because each of you has your own experience. But I don't know where to begin. I'm not really a writer. I, I'm supposed to sit at home by myself and write something. I don't get it. What do I do? What do I do to start to get even close to tasting what you've experienced? What do you say? I usually tell people to just start making it known that this is a thing that you want to do, whether it's writing, directing, producing, um, whatever it is, just start letting your friends and people that you're close to know that like, hey, this is the thing I'm interested in. And um, don't offer it in this like, oh, I think I might want to just say, hey, you know what? I really want to direct. That is really the next thing I want to do. And all of a sudden, people were like, oh, well, I have a friend that um, just did this or that. Maybe they would have coffee with you. Oh, great. And then you're talking to somebody. And um, just, for lack of a better term, put it out to the universe. This is where you want to go. And then start taking the baby steps towards that. You know, read, read books about it. Start writing. I mean, I think writing is is the best place to start because it's something you can do. There's, you, it requires no money mm-hmm. <laughs> to write. It requires no other team members. You can just start doing it. And I don't know, I'm sure you guys have. I would second that, that as far as like letting it be known because personally, if I didn't start putting that out there, I would have never gotten that writing job because she would have never known I was a writer. Right. Also, just write. Yeah, I think... <laughs> I think it feels very overwhelming to think about writing a short or a pilot or any of these things. And so for me, I just started writing down literally like bullet points of ideas I had. And then from that, when I thought about uh, what might be a pilot idea, I just kind of expanded on that. And a book I read that I actually love, and I don't think it's a book that people quote unquote know, is called Automatic Pilot by Bill Taub. And it's this random book. I'm not even sure how I got to it, <laughs> but it, it was so simple. And you can literally read it in a day, and it really helped me write my pilot. And so wow. I feel like, yeah, do the research, read, and just, just get to it. It's like a writing book? Yeah, it's a book about writing a pilot. Yeah. Um, but I love that you're talking about baby steps, too, mm-hmm. because, yeah. you know, write down an idea, keep a journal. You don't have to, out of the gate, write a feature film, you know, unless it comes out of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an insane person, and I love to make lists and to-do lists. And essentially, like, when I, like, the first thing I made, I was like, I want to direct a movie. That was, like, on my to-do list, you know, of things <laughs> I wanted to do. And then every week I look at that, and I'm like, what's step one? Step one would be find a script or write a script or figure out how to write a script or whatever. And I, I do think it's just... It feels big until you break it down into these small little steps. And 
call your friends that are doing this and go hang out on their sets and learn things that are not acting. Mm-hmm. I do think it's super helpful. Just say like, I'll produce, I'll be a producer for free if you just let me hang out with your other producer and like, yeah, you're gonna be going to get coffee or something, which is gonna feel really annoying if you're an actor, but you will learn so much. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll, you'll just learn so much about the behind the scenes. And the moment you do that, the, the magic will be taken away. Just like you said, like it's just gonna seem like, oh, this is it, this is all you gotta do, and <laughs> it'll be so much easier. It's because it's really not that hard. Yeah, uh, something else, that, actually, Will, you mm. gave me this advice, or I, I, asked, I asked Will what his <laughs> writing process was. And he talked about writing very early in the morning mm-hmm. when he like when he had something to that he had to write. Mm-hmm. And so I started waking up early, a little earlier and just setting the time from seven to nine in the morning because I work better in the morning to write and not being hard on myself if I didn't write anything. Like I might just have those two hours to research an idea or to write down some more notes about this idea. But feeling like, oh, okay, I took these two hours today to do this really helped me like write a bunch of different things actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. All of this is great. And, and, and proclaiming it, I think, is super important, too, because once you say it out loud, you can sort of, like, manifest it, and it's less scary, I think. Mm-hmm. But I, I used a sort of pra- practical application when I began writing, which was I would do one hour a day, and that was really terrifying to me to write and be alone with my thoughts for an hour. But I had the project that I was working on open. Don Roos, who's sort of a mentor of mine and a famous screenwriter, I fortunate, would gave me this thing called the kitchen timer, where you have a kitchen timer on, and now I guess you would use a phone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm 90. <laughs> but um, you have two projects. One, which is the project you're working on, which is your pilot or your um, uh, screenplay or whatever, your brochure or whatever you're writing. And then the on the other uh, half of the table, you would have your journal. So once when you're writing on your project and once you get stuck or you reach an impasse you go to your journal and you never stop writing for one hour and then when you're in your journal organically it just every single time it feeds you back into your project I love that and you just go back and forth and then I guarantee you if it, it works um and if it doesn't, you should quit. <laughs> <laughs> but I guarantee you if it works, because That's great. you can't not write in your journal. We all have things to say. And mm-hmm. I guarantee you, your journal will take you back to your project. I guarantee your project will be better because you're writing about the real shit that's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. Also, close Twitter as a tab when you're writing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's like this. Social media. It's so yeah. simple, but if you close it, you'll get so much more done. Yeah. Or just yeah. put it on airplane mode so you're not getting like yes. email alerts and yeah. You know. mm-hmm. Yeah, distractions. Yeah. Easy to get distracted. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is such good shit. This is a blueprint <laughs> of sorts. We're talking to people here who like have found that they they have outweighed the capacity or whatever it is that is offered to them, like taking in the industry, waiting for the industry, uh, and feeling this need to go forth uh, and, and break the compartments. And from that, the the actual specific practical shit of how to actually make that happen, the declaration. Uh, the commitment, the discipline required, all that stuff, the list making. Uh, I mean, it's it's amazing. Someone just told me for a New Year's resolution, which I really love, which is in this ballpark, is every day write it down. Every day write down what it is that you are doing mm. and want to do, need to do, and plan to do and hope to do. And just write it down every day. And it will start to, because, and then, and, and have the journal beside you is even the, the better next step mm-hmm. to be able to, to manifest all that. So from what feels, what's, what's burning right now for you guys? What is the thing that, that you're like, now I want to do this, even though it scares the shit out of me? <laughs> what is the thing that because, is? Because you can probably assume that if everyone here has gone through this metamorphosis, that there will be another. As much as you're hypersensitive people who have a yearning artistically and the business is changing all the time and 
what will that look like? And, and because you've done it once or twice or however many times, do you think this will be more efficient? Because you can assume, oh yeah, this will happen again. <laughs> Pottery or something. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that the, my most recent job was my fourth different career, if you're <laughs> counting like yeah. Broadway to TV to directing to producing. Um, and the, the last, in my last transition, um, it did help that I had made other transitions in the past. It helped a lot to know that like, okay, well, I took a big risk over here and, you know, over X many years slash overnight <laughs> from another, from the outside point of view, it happened. It did happen. And so taking, uh, for me, the risk begets more risk and um, knowing that you can survive and you can face the rejection and you can, re you can deal with the bottoms that you know you're inevitably going to hit it does spur me on to try more things. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the more people, the more you figure out what that cycle is for yourself, uh, the less scary it is going to be. That sounds totally like a lie, but it, <laughs> it's still going to be scary, yeah, but right. you're going to have a better handle on how to, how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So what, for you, what is that for you, do you think? Do you have any thoughts about um, that? For me, I, I'm, I am looking at doing bigger and bigger projects as a director. I would really love to do a pilot because that to me is is a big next step, mm -hmm. um, having been a producing director and um, to come in at the genesis and really help shape the script, shape the characters. You just have much more uh, creative impact on on the project and or you don't <laughs> or you don't <laughs> that's right but that's part of the experience yeah, too but but the experience know, learning, yeah, seeing what that looks like exactly yeah, yeah, and yeah. and diving into that and and discovering what that is sure. um, so yeah. that would be the next big thing for me I mean, y'all, I have big dreams. Um, I, um, <laughs> I'm uh, shadowing some showrunners because I think I am trying to see if that's something I'm interested in pursuing. It's such a hard thing to do, but I think I have the personality type for it, and I like working in TV. I think once you start working in TV, you're like, oh, this is so wonderful. There's a machine behind you. Mm -hmm. I've come from the indie world, so that, that is something. But then uh, I, I work in this sort of horror science fiction space, um, and I want to do a franchise movie or a tentpole movie. Uh, in the history of like horror franchises, there's only been, I think, two female directors in all horror sequels, all the Friday the 13th, all the everythings. So I have my eyes on doing one of those kinds of sequels or one of the reboots or something like that. And what does that make you, what does that feel like, the idea of that? Uh, achievable. <laughs> I mean, scary, Like, but uh, not something I'm not unprepared for I mean I'm I feel well versed in that world yeah. if you were like you're gonna make the big next big you know some some other kind of movie I'd be like I'm not sure about that but um but that feels like something that I'm like oh I've been preparing my whole life for this yeah, <laughs> yeah I've watched every one of these movies so like I'm ready I can I mean and you know a lot of them are duds so I can do that at least like, I, know I can do and those are the best directors <laughs> for those things which is like a super talented super nerd about that genre. Exactly. Like so, like, you're a fan making a movie for fans. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which is, which is what I'm going to do. you've been in that world so you understand it. I do. I do. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I feel... Yeah. I mean, so, I say achievable. Maybe not achievable in the next year, but achievable oh, at some point. I think yeah. it's, uh, it's something I, I would know, like to I do. I love that you're both saying that and that all of you... Like, that, that is... You have to be able to even... You got to walk the walk and even mm -hmm. though it feels like it may be scary or, or, or a big dream, it's still... You claim it. You keep claiming it, mm -hmm. and you st and you and by doing that, 
you start to s step up to yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, <laughs> I think, you know, I feel, I feel really lucky in that I'm super connected to everything that I'm working on right now. And I feel like, um, I am, it's been a really, like a really great, uh, merging of like spiritual and material. Like, um, you know, I, I feel so, and I, I think I want to stay on that path. You know, um, Quincy Jones, who I know, told me that the reason why he made so much money is because he always did what he loved. Mm, wow. And, like, that's always been sort of like a North Star for me, where it's like, not only does that feel, like, authentic to me, because that's, like, my capital, like, like that's actually, like, my currency, that's what we have to offer, but um, I'll probably make the most money that way, too, because it's actually, like, true, like, it's actually, like, authentic, so, like, I actually just want to stay connected to ideas that excite me and motivate me, and, like, I have things, like, yes, I would love to direct a film, um, but I really just want to stay entrenched in story and keep evolving and getting better and stay open, like, if you had told me 20 years ago that I would be in um, Hollywood doing a podcast talking about how my career changed, I would have told you <laughs> you were crazy, you know? So like <laughs> this business isn't an endurance test and I think it's important to stay in it and stay connected and keep growing. But like, I just want to stay in it. I don't want to go home. I want mm -hmm. to keep, keep, just keep being a part of stories, you know? That pilot that I got for as an actor, um, I, by the way, I got dinged at network. So I didn't actually get it. Like the agent called and they were like, um, the, you got the part, the offer's coming through, and then I got dinged in Necker. I thought for accuracy I should point oh, that out. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And I had to get angry. I was pissed right. about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I came right. home, I was like, it's like riding a bike. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I got the part. Literally, when I'm one audition, I got it, and they, they never called. They're like, he's a little old for that part. Oh. Yeah. Right. The truth is, I only say that because I actually, I actually didn't care. Like yeah. it was oh. like, you know, it felt liberating. You yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, no, but it also speaks Sorry. to like the lack of control that you have, yes. and what you guys are talking about is finding a sense of sure. control mm -hmm. yeah. of that thing. You cannot be at the mercy of somebody dinging you at network. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's directors and writers, you get dinged a lot. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. but it's a, it's a different kind of ding. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't feel as personal for some reason. Yeah. By the way, it's not about you, your age, at least. Yeah. Yeah. You all will ding actors in your careers also. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're on that side now, too, having to address yeah. actors in that level. Um, for me, it's, it's a very exciting time, because I feel like I was always, as an actor, just so consumed with... Uh, what agent I had and if I was gonna have a pilot season and now I'm at a place where I actually have like an amazing agent and I probably will have a pilot season and all I care about right now is selling the pilot I wrote mm -hmm. and now writing a feature an indie feature based on my high school experience that I'm so excited to get started on and so it's such a like it's such a turn that just kind of happened organically where I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> it's all coming mm -hmm. together. And I just feel like really hopeful and like I'm at the beginning of something great that will evolve and like will I just want to be in this business. I love storytelling. I love making movies, whether that's acting, directing, writing, or a combination of both. Like that is the dream to be able to do a combination mm -hmm. of all of it mm -hmm. forever. So, That's yeah. wonderful. Um, just to come back to the studio, you've all been here at BGB. I know you haven't been here, Brian, a, long, a little, little while, but I, do, I remember you in class, and I remember how ambitious you were in such a great way. No, I, rem I mean, it stuck with me. But the, what is, and, and, and what is 
that experience for you, what has, um, why do you come back here if you come back here? And what does being in class or being in this community of fellow travelers in the exploration of this thing, what has that done and what does that do for you? We know, Stephen, I know what it does for us. But what is, <laughs> what is, what is that for you? And you, someone mentioned earlier, you know, to be in class, to keep coming back to class, to keep coming back to the beginning and, and e dropping ego and allowing yourself to ex exercise and to, to grow. What is that like for you guys? What does that mean? Um, for me, it's a unique experience. Like because I started acting so late, I really wanted to get as much training as I could. And I came to LA and literally tried every freaking class in this town. <laughs> and every class that's supposed to be the hot class. And it all felt very ego-driven. It all felt very competitive. It all felt shallow. And it made me not like acting. And it wasn't oh. until Steve's class that I was like, oh, oh, okay, this is different. Like, there isn't that ego with Steve, and there is a community of people here that are supportive. And if it wasn't for Steve and this community encouraging me to make my own stuff, I wouldn't be where I'm at. And still falling back on the people here that I'm constantly working with, like Kate Hamilton, and, and now Will's going to be in my next short that I'm directing, <laughs> and he's going to act in it. Don't ding him. I might get dinged today. <laughs> <laughs> he will not get dinged. He will not get dinged. And I will care if I <laughs> And um, just having, yeah, that community to come back to I think is really important and it's such a on the um, technical side of it for me it feels like a great weekly practice to just come in here and you know sometimes you leave and you're like wow that was great sometimes you leave and you're like what am I doing <laughs> <laughs> and that's good I think that's yeah. all helps with yeah. the growth yeah, for me, it's meant everything. I mean, I had really forsaken acting in this very dramatic way, and I came. I had a, um, I did a big. I did a rewrite on a big film, and um, and then was asked to do a small part in the film, and felt so freaked out by being on set, and felt disconnected from my body and from acting. And um, I called a friend, and she sent me to you and you, <laughs> and I started studying here, and I felt really, really. Um, welcomed and I felt uh, a part of a community and I sort of loved the uh, philosophy that this studio espouses which is basically like you know this is a life's work and we are in it for um, the evolution of you as an artist and not for a quick fix or a job here or a job there even though we're not against jobs here and jobs there but it felt like you know what this uh, studio uh, meant to me was just that it was like a life's work and that we are part of like a community and I felt connected and it really meant so much mm -hmm. to me. I came at the right time. Like I needed it, you know, mm -hmm. it was great. It's been a great experience. Mm -hmm. Great. That's lovely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's all creative too, right? Yeah. I mean, that's sort of the being in any sort of class or doing these different jobs. We're all doing jobs. which all is kind of similar in some ways you're drawing from the same bank. So I think like replenishing that, that well in any way you do it is, and, and class a lot of times I think is a really good way yeah. to replenish the well. Even if you're writing, it, you're like doing a different type of creative activity, whether it's going to class or painting or whatever it mm -hmm. is, you know, building, redoing your garage, whatever you did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that is, uh, it's all a creative mm -hmm. act. Yeah. I found the class here that I took for a long time to, to be so emotionally helpful. Um, to continually check in with why I was an actor because you can in in Hollywood you can get so wrapped up in the auditioning and like what shows are greenlit and who's getting seen for what and like you were saying like what a who which agency am I repped by there's so much of that chatter around to find a place where 
um, there's a community of actors and teachers where, yes, we're all aware of that and we know what business we're in, but there's another element that we've got to constantly be taking care of because you can so easily, I think we've all touched on this at a certain point, you can so easily lose touch with that and get consumed by the business. Um, I think that's exactly it. I think that the studio is really about the work and the work is what is like mm-hmm. the will save you. Yeah. you know, mm-hmm. The business will disappoint mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. It will be enervating. It will crush you, but you can keep coming back to the work and the work is always there. And I feel like that is so important to you guys and what your studio does mm-hmm. is that really we're here to work and grow and evolve and that mm-hmm. is always there. Mm-hmm. And connect. Yeah. So so many yeah. Good connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and personally, I I when I was in the midst of making my transition, um, Risa, you were a huge huge support and inspiration on that. You know, as a director yourself, um, it, it you were an example of how you can balance all these things and how you just because you're going from one area into another doesn't negate what you did before. It's all still in there because I remember. Uh, auditioning for Risa when I was living in New York and coming out for pilot season and I had this audition and I was like, whoa, who is that woman? Mm-hmm. I can learn a lot from her. I went online, I found your email address. Do you teach anywhere? Are you, you said, no, no, I'm not teaching now, but I might be in the near future. And that was uh, the next year, I think, the studio opened and whoa. you reached out back to me and said, hey, I'm starting the first class. Do you want to be in it on Saturday mornings, and I was like, yes, please, yes, yes. <laughs> oh. So, you know, it's the the studio has meant a lot, and you have meant a lot to me. Mm. Yeah. So, as we wrap up here, uh, part of the mission of our studio is eliminating these limiting boxes that uh, are thrust upon actors when they approach the business. Um, and sometimes uh, it's a manifestation from an agent or manager or a casting director or just something that one picked up and has internalized. How do we, as as a studio, push back against that or evangelize so we can kill some of those notions that one must be an actor and take that on as, a, as an identity to the exclusion of everything else, including one's own artistic hearts? How do we do that uh, in the interest of changing the industry? No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Ten seconds. <laughs> think it's a different time. I mean, I wouldn't have even said this, I don't think, three or four or five years ago. I think people now want multi-hyphenates. They want actors who write, who direct. They want your story. They're interested in unique individual stories. And like you were saying earlier, it's like you go in these rooms and they want to know your life story. And if you can write what you know and you can write based on your life or you can direct based on your experience, I think that's all really... kind of you were saying this too it's like you need a life outside of being a quote-unquote actor Mm -hmm. and if you just kind of embrace who you actually are where you actually come from that's your ticket right now I think the the trick for us is that actor shows up to our studio Mm -hmm. having you know moved from across the world or whatever and they want this so bad and have wanted it since they were five and they're looking for the audition tip or trick so that they can solve the blah 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 and we say go right and they go fuck you So yeah, like, or, and, and, and even, even, that's even a we severe sort of, miscalculation on their part. <laughs> well, but, and we even couch it in like, no, no, this will help your acting career. No, 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 no. Just, I'm here. Let's put up a camera and let's, let's recreate the limitation of the audition process and let's do that. Yeah. And, have, and make have, me famous. You have, right. to, yeah. you have to go for longevity in the career if you that's, really want you know, right. to sustain it. And I can make an argument that getting that part will 
um, be worse for you than not getting it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to get a three-episode arc, good for you. By all means, get it. Pay your health care. Pay your rent. Yeah. Keep working. Go on sets. Work with actors you love and admire and keep going. But the truth is, because I know it's happened to me, you know, I was a series regular, and then I was recurring, there was one episode, and then the phone stopped ringing. And that, yeah. ha- that, that has happened to every single people I know. People who've been in the business forever talk about bad decades, right. <laughs> not even bad years. Yeah, They're yeah, like, yeah. yeah, my 50s mm-hmm. were horrible. And the truth is, you know, you, you, if you're not building your own career, you have to make them need you. You don't need them, you know? And so if you just go, if you build, if you build a career and you build a life in the business, it can't just be, it can't be just acting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, I don't even know if that's a choice anymore. Yeah. Like, it, it, and I would say almost to that hmm. actor, they might just not be ready yet. Like timing is everything. And I think maybe when I first took your class, if I would have heard that, I would have been like, fuck you, Steve. Right. Right. You probably could contest to that. <laughs> but now, yeah, I think you evolve. You, and, and I'm, I'm actually counting my blessings that I haven't been on a show yet and I didn't have that experience yet because I don't think I was ready for it and I think shit would have went down pretty bad and I would have been like okay forget this I'm never going to do this again and probably would have went back to you know production or something Mm -hmm. but now I feel like at a new place where oh no this all happened for a reason I have this base it's called (laughs) CAA shut up well, yeah. Don't put your eggs in that basket no, 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 fully, because that's all it is, are three white letters on a red page. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think we're all talking about the dirty little secret that, that is the um, getting that coveted series regular role. It is not going to fulfill you. Mm-hmm. It will not. It might through episode five, <laughs> and you got you got 17 more to go. It, I've been there myself. Will's talking about it. I come in to guest direct on these shows, and the actors are asking me how I became a director mm-hmm. because they're all sitting there looking for the next thing that's going to fulfill them. So if if you can find those things that fulfill you creatively, whether it's writing, whether it's yoga, it's dance, or whatever those other interests are, if you already have those things in the works, and then... Your, your creativity is in more of a flow state because it's hard to get into a flow state if you're just auditioning. In, mm-hmm. in fact, I would argue that it's just not yeah. possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to find this, this cycle where you're, be, you're, you're feeling that your creativity is being utilized. Then when you do inevitably get one of those big jobs, you already have that in your wheelhouse. It's like, oh yeah, I'm down two scenes, I got three hours off, I'm writing. I already know what I'm doing. Or, like, I play the violin. I'm bringing the violin, and I'm playing you the play, violin. You play a mean violin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's like you're, you're already doing something. It's already there. You're not sitting on set going, why am I not happy? I guess I'll start drinking, you know, um, which happens. <laughs> so I, re- I recommend finding those practices now because it will not only help you get the job, but then once you get the job, it will sustain you through the job. And even when you get the job, like I was thinking on being, when I was on the show in the writer's room, I was like, oh, we're, as writers working for five months, the actors on our show are working for three months. Mm -hmm. What are they doing the other nine months of the year? So it's like, even if you get on that big show, what are you doing the other nine months of the year besides trying to get the next show, the next movie? Mm -hmm. It's like, if you're a writer, if you can direct, you know. A short film or a feature, that's something you can do for nine months and not drive yourself crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, you all are very, very inspirational. <laughs> really? I, I'm going to This is so think, cool. Yeah. It's very moving. Yes, very moving. And the other thing is I'm so happy because we deal with, you know, 300 actors or so here at the studio. It's moving that you are these beacons of hope out there that they may meet in the course of their acting <laughs> career in yeah. an audition room or, or they may send a self-tape that shows up uh, in your inbox. And so you'll uh, deal with them with uh, kindness and, and, and some grace. And so uh, that's uh, heartwarming. Thank you Thank so, you much, so for much for being here, you. really. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we know that you're feeling the stress of these challenging and uncertain times. We are too. And it's possible that you have no idea how to nourish yourself as an actor, as an artist, in all of this. And we're here to tell you that that's okay. Everyone we know in and around this industry is feeling all that. And we want you to know that we're here to help. Every month we open up our online studio doors and invite you to join us for a virtual workshop where we dismantle and reconfigure your approach to your craft, the industry, auditions, booking, self-tapes, and taking care of your creative soul. It's our mission to make you feel empowered and confident, even excited about what's ahead and what you can do right now. So join Steve and me online, meet our amazing teachers, find out what actions you can take in order to thrive, and let us guide you to the success you're looking for. To reserve your spot, check out the Summit link in our show notes to sign up. Space is limited, but we want you to be there, so click the link. We love sharing this content with our community. We offer it 100% free, and it's our privilege to do so. If you're loving this podcast and are interested in offering something in return, go ahead and subscribe to The Acting Podcast. Then find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen to your podcast and leave us an honest rating and review. Your words will help us bring this work to even more actors and artists around the world. Thank you so much for listening and for being here with us. We love how this community shows up for us and for each other online and in the studio. Come visit us online at thebgbstudio.com. Jump into a class with us. We're here to get you into the kind of shape necessary to be successful.